This is the Man Up Report Podcast with your host, Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann. I could not sleep. I mean, I literally could not sleep. I, I needed to make this connection. It was bothering me so bad. Um, you know, the, 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 the fact that this organization was working on post-traumatic stress for our veterans and what they were doing, if I could just connect them with this doc, Doc Diego, it would be the coolest thing because this guy over here is doing great work on the West Coast. This guy over here is doing great work on the East Coast. I don't think they know each other. And we got 22 veterans a day killing themselves. A lot of them are my friends. You know, three of my friends have been killed and the, they killed themselves in the last year. You know, what if we could connect these two guys and they could bring their work together? What if they could connect at my house? And I'm literally waking up at three in the morning. My wife's like, what is the matter with you? And I just couldn't sleep because I knew that connection had to happen. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way about a connection between two human beings? If you have, you are a catalyst. I'll say that again. If you have felt that way, you are a catalyst. And that's the word that Ori Brofman and Rob uh, Beckstrom, I think that's right, in the book Starfish and Spider used to describe a connector. Um, in the last episode, we talked about um, bridging trust, and now we're going to talk about catalysts. Hey, everybody, this is Scott Mann. Welcome to the Man Up Report. I am your trusted host for leadership your trusted source for leadership issues that bring the greatest impact to your life and your business. That's what we talk about here, stuff about impact. And in, the, in, in this episode and the one before, it's the secret weapon for impact, especially when trust is low. And the, in the last episode, I broke down for you how we have such an erosion of trust in our society and such an escalation of conflict that it looks like, seriously, the, the trust-depleted places that I worked in tribal areas as a Green Beret for 20 years. And that Unfortunately, that uh, reality has made its way to our society. It's made our, its way to many free societies that once benefited from this thing known as bridging trust, where we we trusted beyond our in groups. We uh, you know we had a sense of unity, a unity of effort um, out of many come one. And and I will tell you, in most free societies that I'm seeing today, that bridging trust is eroding. And it is you know Mother Nature hates a vacuum. She doesn't just go to anarchy. Bridging trust. We go back to where we come from. And bridging trust is giving way to bonding trust, which is a status, clannish, uh, tribal approach to trust. It's deep, not wide. You only trust the people around you in your immediate area who look like you, who have the same amount of money you do, who sit in your cubicle, whatever. But it's a it's an in, it's an us versus them, in group, out group. It, it usually manifests in feud, and it's just ugly, and it never ends well, right? Because one group is trying to advance over the other group. There is no bridge to look at a bigger picture, a common purpose, like we have in the United States. States with a constitution, freedom, that narrative is being subsumed by what? In-group, out-group behavior. This group is being victimized. This group is being mistreated, and they're just competing with each other, right? And and, and it, it erodes bridging trust. It erodes democracy. It erodes freedom. And all of us should be concerned about this. And all the real leaders, the resilient leaders, the leaders without titles, regardless of race, ethnicity, I am calling upon you to look at your business, your family, your community, uh, your nation, and say, this is unacceptable. The only standard is bridging trust. We must have bridging trust. And if you're going to have the kind of impact you were put on this earth to have, you have to accept that bridging trust is the ideal. That's where we want to go. And that bonding trust, for the most part, while it is necessary, 
uh, it must be managed by responsible, pragmatic leaders, right, and not allowed to manifest as the overarching form of connection, the overarching form of leadership. Bridging trust is the way to go. Now, how do you do that? You need to be a catalyst or you need to find catalysts who can have influence and can be that that bridging force that can be that connector. A catalyst, you know, I found that definition in... Um, Let's see what was it? Yeah, the starfish and the spider, Beckstrom and 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 uh, yeah, it was Ori Ori Ori. Golly, I am Ori Brofman and Rob Beckstrom defined catalyst, and I love the definition because the way they describe it, and see if this describes you, but it's just a, a, a strategic connector, someone who has the ability to look at a very wicked, complex problem and see the problem, you know, and really get a pretty good understanding of the nature of the problem, and not only understand, not only do they understand what it's going to take to fix the problem. They, more importantly, they understand who should be connected around the problem or in the problem. And if they put those two people together, like I was talking about with these two docs on PTS, PTS is a huge, wicked problem. But if I put these two docs together, there's a better chance they can collaborate and find solutions, right? So a, 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 a catalyst is a strategic connector who can look at a problem deeply and appreciate the scope and context of that problem. And what they see, rather than just a singular solution, is who should be brought together around that problem who should be connected that is not connected right now maybe they're in a close orbit but left to their own devices they will never connect unless you bridge and you connect them as a catalyst and then once you do a new universe happens a new universe opens up new possibilities open up it is powerful powerful stuff and if you have done this you're already getting fired up right now as i'm talking because you know what it feels like as a catalyst to see that happen it is a magical powerful thing and here's the other thing about being a catalyst is that you know that that can Connection, you literally cannot sleep until it happens. Like it stays on your mind. It is pervasive in your heart and your soul because you know that you as a catalyst have to make that connection or it won't happen, right? So you you can't sleep until it's done. And once the connection is made, you step out of the way. You step back and you allow the connection to do what it naturally does. And you stay, you know, you stay with it as, you know, cheerleader in chief and, and you foster it until it's solid and then you step back. And this is probably one of the most powerful things of a catalyst that really tests the leadership of a catalyst in, in this in this age of selfies and, and self-absorption and narcissism. The catalyst will step back and ask for no credit. None. Step right back into the shadows and just know that the connection you made just had a strategic impact, even if no one else sees it yet. It will happen. That down the road, that connection will lead to something powerful. And I have seen this over and over and over again. I have done this over and over. I have connected generals to prime ministers. I have connected congressmen to, you know, sergeants. I have connected real estate entrepreneurs to investors. It works it works, it works, it works. I have used it to connect to some of the most influential people on the platforms out there in the media and in the literary, literary world. It works, right? But you can't want the credit. If you try to go for the credit, if you try to make it about you, you lose the magic as the catalyst and people will see that you're just in it for yourself. But if you look at the criteria that I just gave for a catalyst, a natural connector who has deep appreciation for a problem and understands the context of the problem is not necessarily they're, they're solving it, but who they can connect around it. 
and then they get out of the way once the connection is solid and they ask for no credit and then they move on to the next task. That is a catalyst. And if you do that, you can build a career on this. You can you can change the dynamic of your business. You can change the dynamic of your community. You can leave a legacy that is not necessarily your name up in lights, but it has an impact for your children and your future and your nation. And it will come back to you. I can tell you, having lived my life as a catalyst, it has created a life by design for me. I do what I want to do now. If I want to go to my kids' games, I go to my kids' games. If I want to run a retreat out in the woods, I run a retreat in the woods. If I want to tell a corporation to get effing bent because they suck and they're amateurs, I can do that. If I want to tell a politician that I don't agree with his position, whether he's Republican or Democrat, I can because I am a catalyst and I am true to the, to the solution of the problem through collaboration. And I don't get caught up in the narcissistic approach. I am a bridge. I am a catalyst who bridges. My, my end game is bridging trust. That is my, that is my, um, that is my national treasure. Like that's my asset is bridging trust. That is what I show as my outcome. If you want bridging trust, you work with me. Right? And that's the same thing I want for you. If you imagine in your business right now, because I know some of you listen to this, you've got this problem in your business. What if you were able to foster bridging trust beyond bonding trust where it is right now? What would that mean? What would that mean to your clients, your prospects inside the business where all the little bickering's going on? What would that look like? Right? Now, I'm telling you, it's possible. It's the reason that I'm getting on media these days. It's the reason I'm getting on radio and national television, on the stage. I don't care. I'm going to go anywhere I can, and I'm going to talk about this because this is how we reset things and give it back to our kids better than we found it, right? So being a catalyst is a powerful, powerful thing. Now, um, it will come back to you, like I said, 10x, but you can't be looking for the credit. There's one other component here that will make your work as a catalyst very, very helpful, and that is uh, the champion, Right, uh, Beckstrom and uh, Brofman, they talk about five legs of the starfish, and one of them is the catalyst. The other one that I'm going to talk about here um, is the champion. And I describe the champion as someone, a champion is actually kind of in it for themselves. They, they do want to be in the limelight. They are usually someone with resources, uh, authority, power, uh, money, knowledge, access, or placement or influence, or any combination of those. In other words, a, a, a champion swings a big stick. A champion could be President Trump. A, a, a champion could be, um, man, it's funny how I draw, you know, uh, the CEO of Starbucks. A champion could be Stephen Pressfield. A champion could be um, the CEO of your company, right? A champion could be the COO of your company, the principal of your school, someone who has resources, authority, power, knowledge, access, influence, they swing a big stick, right? And they do believe in impact, right? This is a discriminator. It's not just somebody who's all about themselves. They believe in impact. They believe in impact bigger than themselves. They want to make a difference, but they're not necessarily the connector. They're not necessarily the catalyst or the bridging you know, element. They are the ones who will get out front and advocate for it, but they you know, they're not the person that's going to make the connections. That's the catalyst job. Uh, the champion can swing the stick and make things happen. They can shake things loose, right? So like when we were doing village stability operations and we needed, you know, Congress to be on board with that, you know, our champion was Major General Scott Miller. Our champion was uh, General Petraeus. We had a champion um, in Admiral McRaven. We had a champion in Joe Lieberman. We had a champion in John McCain. Those were all champions, right? And they had no problem uh, getting out in front and advocating for this. The difference is this. They're going to get the credit and they should get the credit because they're taking the risk out front, 
right? So as a catalyst, you want to cultivate champions in your life. I'm doing work with the, one of my coaching students who I'm coaching right now, Eric. Uh, he's doing a lot of work on resilience and, and suicide awareness and prevention. Uh, tragically lost his daughter to suicide. And he's actually doing some work with Sheryl Sandberg um, and Option B. You know, Sheryl Sandberg, one of the most influential women in America, in the world, really, with her role at Facebook as a senior leader. And she, you know, tragically lost uh, her husband. And she created this, uh, this uh, Facebook page called Option B. And Eric has been working with her to you know, bring storytelling as a way of narrative healing to the trauma of loss to people. And it's amazing. I mean, and he's being a catalyst. Cheryl is a potential champion to that. She has resources and authority. She's also a catalyst herself, but the role she's playing now is champion. She can swing a big stick and she can clear a path, right? But Eric has to cultivate a relationship with her and other people to really have the impact that he wants to have in the world for building resilience in people's lives when they have loss. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you can do this at any level. Romy Camargo, you've seen Stay and Stay. You know, I'm on the board there. He was a Green Beret wounded in Afghanistan, quadriplegic. He runs a nonprofit rehab center that helps spinal cord injury patients, you know, take a step toward recovery. He and his wife, Gabby. Well, you know, there's only so much that they can do. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of, you know, they're, but he's a great catalyst. And he has um, champions in, in, you know, for example, Major General or Lieutenant General Martin Steele. Uh, General Steele is on, was on the board. He was the guy that brought in a ton of donations for Stay and Step, made a ton of connections with Toyota, with the University of South Florida, because he has resources, authority, access, knowledge, Influence. You see what I mean? And by Romy building a relationship with him and making a connection from catalyst to champion, Romy could then leverage the champion to do that kind of work. Now, it can't be manipulative. It can't be one-sided. But when you as a catalyst, when you make the right connections and you can bridge beyond different groups, it's powerful stuff. So... What does it look like when you're bridging trust or building bridging trust as a catalyst? On the one hand, you want to be able to bridge to other catalysts who are like you, who meet the criteria, like I said. They are, they have, they're connectors. They have a deep appreciation for the problem. They don't get caught up in their in-group. They, they, their, their goal is to solve the problem through collaboration. So that every in-group and out-group has catalysts in it. Find them, connect with them, build that tribe around that. And then... You know, in your own organization, develop champions, relationships with champions who want to change things, who want to have impact, cultivate that relationship early and often before tensions get high and emotions get high, and tell them what you're doing, explain what you're doing, and then when the time is right, bring them to bear, bring them, you know, bring them into the fold. The relationships you build with other catalysts and other in groups, now what that can, they have their own champions, right? And then you can build communities of interest and communities of practice around a hard problem. Right. So, for example, with the village stability operation in Afghanistan, you know, we needed State Department. We needed USAID. We needed the CIA. We needed the Afghan government. We needed all of those people. Right. I didn't go around building relationships with all the champions from those organizations. I built relationships with other catalysts from State Department. Right. Like uh, like Zach Harkenrider um, with, you know, relationships uh uh, with with USAID relationships with other special operations forces, and they were catalysts just like me, and they had their own network behind them. Their you know like the Verizon network, their own champions, and they we would bring all that to bear around the problem through collaboration. I'm telling you guys. This can be done over and over again. You can do it right in your own business. You can, you know, uh, so for example, with the acquisition that I talked about in the last uh, podcast where, you know, the steel company has bought another steel company and those folks are demonstrating in-group, out-group behavior, the leaders 
the leaders from the existing steel company that bought it, they're going to want to send some catalysts in there who value bridging trust, who can find other catalysts inside the company that was acquired, right? And work that way and build that new tribe from there. And over time, meet people where they are, get them ready to listen, establish relationships, and and have a narrative and a story and a vision for an organization that is bigger than that in-group, bigger than that out-group. That's the key, Right? And if you will do that, it is a stir and repeat kind of thing. Be a catalyst. Be a connector. Uh, don't worry about the credit. Value the bridging trust and get in there and make those relationships happen. Uh, it is so powerful. If you want to get more dynamics on how this can happen um, and how you can really get into this for execution, uh, I'm going to give you some resources. Uh, one is um, uh, The Starfish and the Spider, an excellent book on how you know the unstoppable power of leadership uh, organization of leaderless organizations uh, Ori Brofman and Rob Beckstrom. Another one is my book, Game Changers. Um, chapter 8, Extreme Collaboration. I, I take a modified view of how we how we used the starfish approach in the establishment of village stability operations, so you can see it in that context. Um, but those two are probably the most prolific examples. Also, I just while I'm on Game Changers, I want to give you a reminder that the Citizens Edition of Game Changers is going to be coming out later this summer. I've got a new chapter on there on ISIS in America titled No Respite, and the book is really shorter and it's focused on what ISIS and violent extremism means to you at home. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but just to bring this back to a close, like here's here's the bottom line: is what I want for you when it comes to overcoming trust-depleted situations and having the impact that you want is, one, I want you to understand that bridging trust is the secret sauce. You want bridging trust in place in your company, your family, your community, your nation. If we have bridging trust, it means that we value something bigger than our in-group. And that is a beautiful thing. And it is the epitome, in my opinion, of social evolution. Like, it is so important. Um, and it's not, it's not, you know, it's it's not a given thing. It's not just natural. It doesn't. It ha- you have to work for it, and it's leaders like you that will have to do that. So, valuing bridging trust is number one. Number two, recognize that if you don't value bridging trust, and if leaders don't serve as stewards of it and protect it, which none of our leaders are today, then we go back where we come from, and we resort back to bonding trust, which is deep, not wide, in-group, out-group behavior over everything else, and it results in feud, and it's like a big churn. It's like a, a the cartoon fights you used to see on Bugs Bunny where there's a foot sticking out here and a head sticking out here and it's just a big dust cloud and it's it's ugly and if you get caught up in it you lose all credibility so you know bonding trust in group out group behavior you look for it and you'll see it you need to you need to you can restore trust you can restore bridging trust but you have to be a catalyst you have to be willing to make connections around these wicked social problems at your office you know you know whether it's a merger whether it's a different culture you have to find the catalyst in your organizations and you have to be a catalyst and you have to be focused on the on the appreciation of the problem and who should be connected around the problem and then work tirelessly to make that connection happen. And then when you make that connection happen, right, stay on top of that connection until it's strong and entrenched and, and then get out of the way and don't worry about the credit and let that thing move forward with the people who now know how to do it and move on to the next wicked problem. That is the role of the catalyst. In addition to that, as a catalyst, uh, you want to look for other catalysts in other outgroups so that you build a network and don't wait till the problem surfaces do that all the time i mean if you in your business you know who your relevant organizations are find the catalyst in those organizations and build relationships with them now the other thing that you can do as a catalyst to promote bridging trust and make big change and i mean big impact is to develop relationships with champions these are people who wield resources influence power authority 
access to other things, you know, they swing the big stick and they can make things happen by swinging the big stick or making a decision or going on a podcast or whatever, or writing a memo or stroking a check. Okay. You want to cultivate relations, identify who are the champions in your arena right now, who you need to have a relationship with in order to make an impact. I knew with my book Game Changers that it, if I was going to, you know, turn the battleship around in the ocean with a canoe paddle and change how we fought violent extremism, my forward had to be written by somebody with serious weight who was respected in all circles. That was Stephen Pressfield. And I used my relationships and my higher purpose and my skill set to ultimately connect with Stephen, build a relationship with him first and then serve him first in different things that I did. And then when the time was right, you know, approach him about serving as a champion. And he, and it did, and he, and he did, and it has had a tremendous impact in the credibility of my book. And, and that's another example. And again, if you're worried about the credit now, Stephen even asked me, he goes now, you know, cause I wasn't getting paid for the book or whatever. It was not about me. It was about changing, you know, changing the game. And once he got a sense that I wasn't in it for the credit and that this was truly an impact based service based movement, he was in. Right. Uh, And that's not to say that you're not going to be able to make money or build wealth or whatever. But if you're not serving a purpose bigger than yourself, if this isn't about impact, don't even try and attempt this because you're going to get called out as uh, narcissistic like everybody else. And you're going to get your legs cut out from under you. And I don't want any association with you. So, you know, if you're doing this purely transactional and it's all about you just making, you know, you know, making yourself better or look good, don't use this because you will get you will get in in a tight spot. But if you are trying to have an impact bigger than yourself and you really care about a higher purpose, this will work and it will work big time. And if you'll get into those two books, uh, Starfish and Spider, and then Chapter 8, Extreme Collaboration of Game Changers, you'll actually have some working models um, that you can use to do this. The final thing I'll say here is if 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 bridging trust is your end game in your business, in your um, community, your nation, then the currency for that is relationships. You understand? Relationships are the currency. Now, in every other, this is where tribal behavior and status behavior and clan behavior is actually spot on and shouldn't change. Um, In most parts of the world, you will find that relationships always come before transactions. In other words, you have a relationship first, then the transaction. We live in a Western society where we are so capitalistic and transaction-oriented that transactions often precede the relationships. And we don't even try to form a relationship unless we need something, right? That doesn't work. For this kind of approach, relationships before transactions. In the words of David Knorr uh, in Relationship Economics, relationships are your greatest off-book asset. They are the true measure of your currency, your portfolio. And I truly live that every day of my life. I look at, I manage, I value my relationships first and foremost. And I'm always looking for ways to serve those relationships when risk is low um, because they need to be served, because they because that's what I'm here to do. And without those relationships, I cannot have the impact in the world that I want to to have. And I'm constantly reminding folks of that, right? So think about your relationships as your assets and manage them appropriately. And don't wait till you need something or you're trying to do something that you, you, you start a relationship. If you'll make relationships part of your extension as a catalyst, they are your currency as a catalyst to achieve the end game of bridging trust. You will have some powerful, powerful stuff, uh, on your side. So I am going to leave it there. My God, that was, um, that was, I'm, 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 man, That was what you needed to hear. I know it was because we're losing trust in this society. And listen, guys, I need you leading. I need you out there 
fulfill on what you're here to do. Don't let these amateurs tell you that your dreams are not worthwhile. Don't let these amateurs tell you that our best days are behind us, right? I do not buy that, and you can't buy it either, right? That's a hell of a way to live your life. I'm not going to take my last breath as a shallow breath. My last breath will be a full breath, and I will know that I had impact in this world, and I want that for you because at the end of the day, that's how we're measured. We're not measured on the monetary value of our career. We're not measured on how many promotions we got. We, we are measured on the impact that we had, and it will be discussed after we're gone based on the tracks that we left. So let's do that. Let's commit right now to that thing. Let's commit to bridging trust. Let's commit to being a catalyst and making an impact in this world. If you want more information on how to do that, go to manup.com. Right, Our tribe that we're building is built around impact, not race, not ethnicity, not socioeconomic status, not politics, impact. Right, And we are a hell of a tribe, and we are growing, and this movement's happening. And uh, if you were a betting person, you may want to bet on us because when I create a movement and I push people towards fulfilling on their dreams and their impacts, it happens. And I know because of the, it's not because of me, but the people who are in this group already, we are having impacts all over the place. Get in here with us. Get Go to manup.com. Sign up for my video blogs that come out every week. Come train with us. Get in with a tribe of people who are making an impact for our kids because that's what it's all about. And you will, you will, it will come back to you 10x. All right. And you are totally capable of it. I hope this podcast served you. I can't wait to uh, get on the next one. Right. And uh, so enjoy your summer. Enjoy your family. Hold your, hold your family and your loved ones close. And remember that you're here to do something bigger than yourself. Uh, until next time, this is Scott Mann, your trusted source for leadership issues that make impact in your life and in your business. This is the Man Up Report, and I'll see you on the high ground. I fell asleep around Maker, running 80 on Highway 75. 18 years old, yeah, thinking I was good to go. It was a stone cold miracle, how I survived. Took out three Georgia pine trees, turned that car to a pile of scrap. I walked away without a scrap. Well, that should have been a self-correcting mistake, kind of thing that leaves you wide awake. All it did was feed my bulletproof So many times that I cheated death When people I love died for less Whole lot of second chances that I blew You asked me how I got here How I found this place The devil tried hard but my fate cut the cards It was God's grace Fast forward to an angry young man Fighting in the hills of Afghanistan Living for the moment on a one-way track I learned my trade and I learned it good I learned the value of brotherhood Still cuts me like a knife The ones that didn't make it back well, I can see their faces when I close my eyes Brother, you can bet as long as I'm alive They'll live on like a solid gold country song 
So many times that I cheated death When people I love died for less Sometimes it don't seem right that I live on You ask me how I got here And how I found this place The devil tried hard but when fate cut the cards It was God's grace Never been the one to look back The one thing stopped me in my tracks Was when they laid that baby girl in my arms With all the demons I'd protected And the skeletons I'd collected Started turning loose with a cold grip on my heart I guess I found a little clarity For once in my life I could finally see it ain't my job to understand And all of the times that I cheated death When people I love died for less Only God knows a plan Only God knows a plan Ooh, yeah You ask me how I got here how I found this place Devil tried hard But when fate cut the cards It was God's grace